Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Beam me aboard. Energize. Energize. Kirk to transporter room. Report. Welcome to another installment of Transporter Room 3, our last of 2019. Mr. Scott, how are you? Phil, how's it going? It's going all right, man. Uh, minus, you know, seeing Star Wars, <laughs> which we'll be talking about on this Star Trek podcast. Yes, we're going to talk about the other star, not the Trek, but the wars. But first, because we're going gonna... <laughs> to. Yes. Given our, uh, our recent dives, pop culture wise, into nostalgia and repurposing things, and with Picard on the horizon. We yeah, thought. sure. And it's Abrams who, you know, it's Abrams who already ruined Star Trek. So now let's talk about how he ruined Star Wars. Well, he, did a, he did a better job uh, with Star Trek than he did Star Wars. With Star Trek 1. With Star Trek 1. Star Trek Into Darkness and Star Trek and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker have a lot in, uh, have uh, some core things in common. Yeah, and not just crappy titles. Uh, right. We'll save that for the end of the podcast. So if people haven't uh, who who haven't seen it yet don't have to worry about being spoiled, and also for the people who just want to hear about Star Trek, well, they can listen on for Star Trek first. Um, right. So we have a little bit of news we're going to talk about. Then we're going to talk about the um, the latest short treks to the two animated shorts, um, and uh, and then of course we'll also have a, a red shirt of the week. But first up. Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek. I'm so psyched for that project, aren't you, Phil? The project that seems to be not happening? <laughs> that didn't feel like it was ever going to happen? <laughs> of course it's not happening, right? I mean, we... <laughs> it felt like it could at the time when it was first announced, given the space they were in. Yes. But, no. So, I don't know what happened that... And he hasn't even talked to them officially yet, he said, and that... Yeah. Source and that Tarantino said that it's un, it looks like it's unlikely it's going to happen, but he has yet to have a talk with them. But he probably should, <laughs> he said, when they're at this stage. But I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure you just had that chat in the press with them. <laughs> what is? How does that work? I don't understand. Right? Like, does, 
<laughs> Does Paramount yeah. read that? And they're like, oh, well, they're used to it, right? Because they didn't know that, that their prize um, pupil, J.J. Abrams, was going to make a Star Wars movie until that dropped in the press, right? So, Right. Uh, <laughs> right? Isn't that what happened with uh, The Force Awakens? Paramount didn't even know it was happening until like the day before it was announced. They did not know he was right? doing it. Yep. It's crazy. And it's ga- very ganky on Abrams' part. So the Tarantino movie probably sounds like probably won't happen which i guess i don't know i i was i really would have liked to have seen what he would have done but maybe maybe yeah maybe he wasn't right for it i don't know like certainly people who said i I would rather watch him do it than noah holly right yeah so i wonder yeah like the noah holly thing started started to pick up steam after once upon time in hollywood came out right so i wonder I wonder what was going on there that that they haven't talked about where <clears throat> maybe maybe bad robots start to you know realize like oh Tarantino's not calling us back or <laughs> anyway so that's right. that's that all right we also unfortunately had three we had since we last recorded we had three different Star Trek legends pass away um, <clears throat> Robert Walker Jr. who played okay. Char- Charlie X. Um, yeah, died. So he, uh, they, all these guys lived um, nice, good lives. But Charlie X is one of the greats. That episode is so good, uh, so good. And he is really good as Charlie X, right? This spoiled but ultimately tragic and confused kid who has the bad luck of right. growing up among these aliens or whatever and becoming this weird creature. Robert Walker Jr. is. Um, his father was a you know famous actor. I don't know that he ever re- reached the heights of success that his his dad did, but uh, it seems like he you know kept kept working and uh, you know lived a good life. So R.I.P. And then we have um, D.C. Fontana, who is of course a Star Trek legend, who yeah. was uh, Crap. started off as like Roddenberry's like secretary, I believe, uh, and but slid into script development and script writing and she had a lot to do with the development of spock uh and the vulcans right and she was a huge force uh in early in the you know the original series and those the roddenberry gets all the credit for the original series but there's people like dc fontana who really yes if it wasn't for them if it wasn't for someone like her they um you know, the show just would not be, and the franchise would not be what we what we know it to be today. It might not even be a franchise. It might have been a one and done show. So, listen, you guys, uh, go back and li- we actually had DC Fontana on the podcast for the 50th anniversary of Star Trek a couple of years back. So, if you want to go back and check that, I don't remember what episode number it was, but if you go back and check, uh, we have a good time capsule. Yeah, we have an interview with her. Um, and then lastly, uh, Rene Abarjwana, uh, Odo, he also died. And this, this one, I feel like, hit me the hardest because mm-hmm. he seemed like... Didn't he, even know he was sick. Yeah, like he seemed pretty, pretty vital. And he was, I think he was just at the Vegas convention over the summer. Like he, um, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. And I guess that's, you know, that's what happens, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, so three, three Star Trek folks gone um i don't know do you have a favorite odo episode or favorite odo moment or anything 
Um, I I love the Dias cast. Yeah. When he's like refusing, when he can't go, they have that inhibitor on him. Yeah. Interrogate that he can't change. He can't shape. revert to his gelatinous form. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that that performance is so good. Yeah. It's him and Andy Robinson, right? Going back and forth with each right. other. Yeah. Yeah. And I also great. love the Necessary Evil episode with uh, him. Yeah. With the film noir episode, right? Where he's. Yeah. He's trying to uh, solve the crime that from years ago that happened when it was still Terok Noor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kira is the guilty part. Yeah, yeah that's a great one. Yeah, Good. yeah. Um, I always liked his his uh, relationship with Nana Visitor. Uh, as Kira. Oh yeah. I didn't like when it became a romance, but I always right. But um, but prior to that, I always felt they had a great bond, and um, I think that they they've seen which is which gave me one of my favorite lines ever on Star Trek, which my wife and I still say all the time. And it's, um, it's what I think it's like a season one episode of deep space nine where they've encountered some kind of some alien life forms, which are like microscopic, but they're, I don't remember the name of the episode, but they're replicating very quickly and they're eventually going to take over the entire station. And Kira, Kira being Kira is like, she basically just says that they should just wipe them out, you know, like just destroy the things before they, they destroy the station. And, um, mm-hmm. and Kira's like, you know, it's like stepping on ants, Odo. And, and, uh, Odo is like, I don't step on ants major. And, um, it's just such a great line. I feel like it says so much about Odo, like that sense of justice that he has right deep d- d- down inside him. It's like, like even on that level, he even on, step- yeah, even on that level, I don't step on ants major. So anyway, rest in peace to all three of those guys. Um, it's sad we'll never we'll never get it get to see Odo again. I guess um, no. with all the revivals and stuff that are happening. That's a and, bummer, man. The stuff you were just telling me before we recorded, I won't. We can't talk about that stuff on the air. Not to be, not to be a dick about it, but gosh, really makes it would me have been cool. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. Let's talk about the the, latest the short short tracks. The girl who made the stars. And Ephraim and Dot, uh, they dropped both at the same time for some reason. And this is uh, our first return to, or to Star Trek animation, official Star Trek animation. It's great. Since the early 70s, right? The animation is great, too, in both of them. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of, of the shorts? Did you enjoy the sh- I preferred uh, Giacchino's. Yeah. They're both very well done. Uh, I loved like the Moana fairy tale story time feel the first one. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love the fan service moments of Giacchino's. Yeah. So that's Michael Gia- Giacchino, who is, uh, you know, the Academy Award winning composer who I believe he scored all three of Abrams's Star Trek movies. Um, and uh, obviously he's, you know, done a bunch of stuff. But now he, he actually directed the Ephraim and Dodd episode. Which is an, so good. It's an interesting, um, interesting directorial. I think it's his directorial debut to make it as on mm-hmm. an animated episode, right? right? After scoring so many Pixar movies, yeah. So uh, yeah, that one's a lot of fun. But that one is. I mean, they're very different styles, right? And if everyone listening, I'm sorry if there's any noise, background noise this episode. But um, I've got contractors working here all week, so it can't be avoided. This house is getting a refit, guys. <laughs> It's the uh, it's gonna be the uh, the E or no the the B C D E no bloody B <laughs> E thank you 
<laughs> Thank you for making the quote happen that I could not pull. Um, no problem. That's why they call me the miracle worker. <laughs> so Ephraim and Dad, it's like it's very Looney Tunes ish, right? And it's like the other uh, yeah, the, very Looney Tunes yeah. and Tom and Jerry. Yes. Vibe. Yeah, totally. Yeah, which is great. You know, I, I love that. I love that the shorts are. Uh, we you know we've didn't we haven't loved all the shorts they've done this season, but I what I do love about them is that they they're able to try out different things and formats. And I think like different tones. Yes. Yeah. Then I think these animated ones and, and the comedy one they did with the tribbles, I think they're great examples of what the shorts can be. Just like do something with Star Trek that hasn't been done before that you really right. would be tough to do on a regular, you know, series. And, um, and I think that these are, these really, you know, are great illustrations of that. Um, I don't understand where it fits in continuity-wise. I, I guess it just doesn't. It's basically a Looney Tunes version of Star Trek because, like you were saying before we recorded, like we we actually get dialogue from from um, the original series. Like we hear Shatner talking and Khan. We hear and, Sulu. Yeah, and we see them like like through the portholes. Like right. we see the Khan scene and we see the Sulu with the sword scene from the Naked Time. Within, at the same time, two episodes that take place very far apart. Yes. And the con thing happens before the Naked Time thing in this yeah. episode. Even though Naked Time was like one of the first episodes, it happened before con. So, yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> and, and then, then it's the, the second con reference in it because as the – the what's that speed that – not Tellerite, but the uh, the uh, Mycel Network Bean. Yeah, thing. the Tardigrade. Yeah, the Tardigrade. As it's trying to get a hold of its eggs that are still on Enterprise, it's following it through space and warp, and apparently time. Because at one point, the NCC seventeen oh one from the original series turns into the one from Wrath of Khan from yeah. from the, and is under attack from Reliant. Yes. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, it gets blown up. Yes, and then it gets search for Spock style. Yes, yeah, and then it goes to search for Spock. So, I guess you know you can it's just like a greatest hits through. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah, but, but you also get you also get to see a lot of iconic stuff from the original series, like the um, Apollo's yes. hand in space and Abraham space, Lincoln right. and right and the like, Doomsday Machine. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's. You know, it's a lot of fun. It doesn't make sense. And, um, it doesn't make sense that it's, like, narratively, like, I just don't know when this thing takes place. Yeah. I guess the, the tardigrade does. Can the tardigrades travel through time? I, I don't Sure, but <laughs> it shouldn't. Given the narrative, there's no jumps. Like, there's no. Yeah. Like, the narrative's constructed. It feels like it's happening as close to real time as possible. Yeah, it's odd. Yeah, it's odd. <laughs> um, I love the um, the animation on the the designs of the Enterprise, both versions oh, of it great. in the animation. It so good. Yeah, yeah, it really looks so good and it's widescreen. Yeah, wow. Um, and the music, too, not surprisingly, the music is pretty very great. very fun. Yeah, and it's really caught so many callbacks to the original series. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if they're actually sampling music from the original series or if they've just recomposed. Or yeah, reperformed it or what? Good question. But yeah, it, a lot of fun. It was a nice touch to see destruction of Enterprise, the self-destruction of Enterprise from Search for Spock from a different perspective. Yes, yeah, that was cool. Looking down on the planet, yeah, as Enterprise crashed, that was that was nice. Yeah, and 
they were faithful too to the angle and view of the ship as it fell away. Yes. That was yeah. Now the I guess another thing that's not so faithful is the fact that that robot and I don't even know which one is Ephraim and which one is Dot, but um the 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 robot that's like a security slash surveillance bot or whatever that is chasing the tardigrade around. Like I don't recall seeing that thing on the original series, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's canon now. Apparently they were there. <laughs> also, engineering looked much le- more like the normal engineering and not like the Captain Pike engineering, which is like a big beer distillery. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. The, anyway. The girl who made the stars was, um, lo- you know, that's a nice episode. It was a, a I, great fairy tale for Michael as a young little I would spend so much time with little Michael and her dad. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and I, I would watch that half-hour dramedy. That would be cool. Grown up. Yeah, that would be cool. I wonder why the mom is not even – she's not even, like, seen – there's a photo on behind Michael's bed. And it's oh. just the dad and the and the daughter. The, the mom's not even – issues because of the actor? I don't think so because it's an animated version. I don't I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. I think you're ad, if you're, adap- you're adapting the character that's owned by CBS, right? I don't think that the – as long as you don't do a close likeness to the actress. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want to... Maybe they just wanted to, to just be about the dad and the daughter. What, um, but it's cool. It, it goes to, you know, sort of tell... He tells a fairy tale about an African myth. And I guess it actually is... That is actually a, a real myth. Like the idea of the a young girl... Sure. Um, ...creating yes. the Milky Way or something. Yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, so it's cool. Yeah, so I'm glad. So now we have one... One short trek left to come next month. I right. Think it's right before Picard. I was under the impression it was supposed to be a Picard tie-in, but but the trailer for it does not seem to... I don't know. The trailer looks like it's just a couple of schoolgirls fighting mm. one another, right? So I don't see how that could tie into Picard unless one of them's a Romulan or something. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it doesn't tie into Picard. Maybe we're wrong when we thought that it does. I wish I knew. Yeah. So you guys write in and let us know what you have thought of the Short Treks this season and what you thought of Star Trek's return to animation. Uh, it's, of course, just the beginning of Star Trek's return to animation, but they actually have two full animated series in the works as well. Um, right. But now, yeah, God knows what else. Man, there's so much going on behind the scenes with this show. Oh, you know what, Phil, we forgot to mention. Picard got... Um, season two. Picard got the season two order, which isn't a surprise, I don't think. I think we kind of knew that was going to happen mm-hmm. um but uh so something must be uh, do you think that means that they are happy with what how season one turned out and that that they're moving forward with season two or do you think it's like season two was going to happen no matter what but cbs wants picard but well, they want those I, I think that that tax incentive that they're getting for shooting in california was a significant motivator and right make sense of making a second season right and I, I mean, if I, it must be a good sign. They must be happy enough with Patrick Stewart, and Patrick Stewart must be happy enough, yeah, or content enough at least to consider coming back to push. Do you think Patrick Stewart's kids are forcing him to do it, and it's a form of elder abuse? <laughs> well, if they are, they're going to get some great Christmas presents. <laughs> Phil, how, do you like it when I recycle jokes from our previous our offline conversations on the podcast? I do, I do <laughs> like it because it's it's new to them. <laughs> But not to me. 
elder abuse is not funny. Let's we shouldn't even. It's jump not. That. Um, You're gonna public ser- <laughs> community service for that one, Scott. <laughs> I'm ashamed. All right, now you want to talk about Star Wars now? Let's talk about Star Wars. Okay, <laughs> Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. The uh, nostalgia reaching back and doing these nostalgia plays to cash in on stuff from the 90s, 80s. It's, it is fun to revisit the things you love and to see them get remixed or covered. Uh, but it's also disappointing. Yeah. And Rise of Skywalker is the specter of Star Wars movies <laughs> in that it thinks the future of these characters who we don't really know a whole ton about three movies in, but get way too much info or depth crammed into a third movie. Uh, it thinks that the future of this franchise, it's reaching back and retconning the past of better installments. Yeah. To much. push things forward. It's the Star to, Trek into darkness of Star Wars movies, right? Well, it, it kind of in that, you know, uh, it's obsessed with resurrection. It's yeah. unwilling to make choices that audiences, certain members of them may be disappointed or unhappy by. Yeah. But yeah. in doing so and trying to save and cover all that basis, audiences are left disappointed and unhappy because they're robbed of stakes and they're robbed of anything really meaningful to invest in in terms of uh, long-term consequences yeah. to story choices. Yeah. And like, it's con blood the movie. Pretty much. Yeah, you're right. That's a good way of putting it. All right, so just to, we should just reiterate we are talking spoilers here. So Yeah, so know. if you haven't seen it... yeah. It'll, by the time this podcast posts, the movie will be out. But just you know, just FYI, and it's it's such a problematic and gutsy choice to have things in the third movie of this trilogy pay off beats from the first, second, from the first and second films in the original trilogy, plus some beats from the prequels. Yeah, like. Why not service this movie yeah. first? Yeah. Because yeah. do, do we really need a... I mean, it's a nice touch that's not set up, but do we really need a beat where Force Ghost Luke is able to resurrect his X-Wing out of water when he couldn't an Empire? Like, why is a third movie paying off something that didn't really feel set up in the second movie? Yeah, well, movie of the original trilogy. Right, it's paying it's paying off something that doesn't need to be paid off, right? Because the whole point of the X-wing and Empire, Yoda raising the the X-wing and Empire because Luke can't, is to teach Luke the lesson, right? You know, size matters not, and all all the rest of it, right? And like you don't, he doesn't have enough faith in his ability to pull it off. It also right. break the the movie also breaks rule just breaks general Star Wars rules, right? But it's like suddenly force ghosts can use the force like <laughs> like it never used to be until the last jedi when yoda made the be lightning burn, he made the lightning burn the tree right um in 
the last Jedi. But prior to that, the Force ghosts always seem to not really be able to interact with the real world in any right. way. Last Jedi said they can manipulate right. physical events. Right. And then Abrams takes it to this, like, really to this ridiculous place. I mean, I thought the Luke scenes were terrible. There's not much to them, but... Um, oh, his wig, wig technology has gotten worse. <laughs> He's getting the same wigs from the from Brent, who the guy Brent Spiner gets them from for the for the Picard show, I think, right? Uh, He's getting from the same guy who made his wig for Independence Day. <laughs> it's, it's the same wig, uh, <laughs> you know this. The movie, uh, I mean, Abrams does everything he could, not surprisingly, to undo all the stuff The Last Jedi tried to change, right? Not um, all of it. Not all of it. I, I have to like push what? back a bit on that. He, he, he borrows the parts that, or furthers upon the parts that were cool, but he's in the movie that he decided to throw under the bus a bit. <laughs> and, and to be fair, he's not wrong. Well, which bits? Like the 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 the, the force the the force FaceTime. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's right. He does use telepathics. He does use that. that You're right. Uh, yeah. Ray and uh, Ren get into. Yeah, right. He does. He does keep that. That's true. Um, uh, but that and probably that, that, also... those are some of the best moments in the thing. I think. Yeah, but that's also like a, the kind of narrative cheat that he can't resist. Right. Right. Um, and, and it's also so. The rules of the forest seem to be uh, they can be anything and nothing depending on what holes in the plot we need to fill or beats we need to service. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So Kylo Ren cannot sense that Ray is in his quarters on the ship floating above the planet he's on <laughs> until he uh force facetimes with her even though and then even then when she's holding she's holding the dagger when they're interacting he still doesn't know um and it's the dagger it from his room so why can't he when they're force facetiming why doesn't he see it it just doesn't make sense you know it's not till the end of the scene where he finally realizes once they smash the thing that holds vader's mask but it's like i i think but yeah it's what you're saying like that's like it's like there's like a there's like a roadmap like we have to get from point a to point b to point c to point d and then let just fill in the blanks for whatever works best to get us to those points you know right and it's and it's another treasure map hunt yeah from force awakens yeah yeah yep we we have now two MacGuffins. yeah no there were there's several MacGuffins in this movie but there's oh, yeah, there, there's a knife there's which the, yeah the, i can't that has a protractor thing comes out of the hill <laughs> like i don't and that's and that's rusted with blood on the end of it fine that at some point someone pulled out this you know measuring thing the yeah. sextant tool and stabbed a dude with it <laughs> i thought it was cranberry juice but i guess you're right it's probably blood that's, well <laughs> then there's the captain those wayfinders <laughs> All yeah, the, the wayfinder things, and then the captain's medallion that uh, Carrie Russell gives to uh, to uh, to Poe, right? The thing that gets them pat to the ship at a certain point, like uh, the thing that yeah. looks like a subway token. Um, yeah, and I just Finn and Poe have we get another treasure map plot. Yeah, to find 
a character from the previous trilogy. You can do anything you want with these movies. Yeah. Last Jedi left you with such a great, whatever your feelings are of that movie, it left you with a springboard that said, this story can be anything you want. The Sith are no more. And that may seem like a golden age because what's in their place is much more raw, dangerous, and has nothing left to lose. Right. Yeah. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. And instead we get... And instead we get another story about legacies and sins of the grandfather. Now, oh, it's not a father. It's a grandfather. Oh, well, excuse me all the hell. My grandfather. More planet-destroying weapons, right? Literally the same spaceships from the original movies, right? Uh, right. Armed so. with tech that makes the First Order both stupid and nullified, and the Emperor's plot and his machinations as a villain null and void. Right. Yeah. Because if he had that tech just hanging out for however long, Mounted to Star Destroyers, just chilling under the ice. And he's been puppeting the First Order the entire time. Why let them build a planet-sized Death Star that needs to harness the power of a sun to work? (laughs) It's not nerdy. That's looking at the film as text. Yeah. And saying that these things that people who think they're critics, critics who are just... Fanboys with a CMS have no problem with, have like, that's looking at the movie and saying, okay, you can like this movie and maybe be mindful of your audience on your site and be like, you know, I love this. Maybe other Star Wars fans won't. I'm subtweeting someone right now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, you have to look at the film as it's presented and you can like it. And still have issues with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I bump into how someone can love a movie that disappoints on so many fundamentals. So when I came out of it, I was like, uh, while I was watching it, I was like, oh, you know, try to be open minded. Try to be open minded. Try to, you know, try to, because I, you know, I could just feel it. It was like it was like it reminded me of the, watching the Phantom Menace, where it was like, you know, oh, I want to like this. I want to like it. You mm-hmm. know. And then, and then I walked out and I saw our, our buddy Jordan Hoffman actually outside the theater. And he was like, oh, it was fun. It was stupid, but it was fun. And I was like, um, yeah, I guess. This review made it seem like it was stupid, not fun. Well, I think I didn't read his review. Who did he, he review it for? The Guardian, I believe. Okay. Well, but I think what happens with, and this is an Abrams thing too, is, is that you walk out of an Abrams movie and you might you might be a little kind of like, you know, sort of blind to the defects at first because he of all his razzle dazzle although i wasn't too blinded to it this time but then razzle dazzle do you mean like the way his movies 
like like Into Darkness, for example, that first act just hums along. Yeah, and it doesn't give you a chance. The momentum to... and kinetic energy. Yeah, I mean it. It that that's that's paving over plot holes and inconsistencies. Yeah. Like, oh, but it's fun. Things are moving fast, right. fast, fast. Yeah. And, and then when yeah. you get and then when you get home and you think about it, you're like, oh wait. Now this movie doesn't do as good a job of that as Into Darkness. I feel like no. while you're watching it, you're seeing a lot of the holes, but then you know, like with within a few hours of seeing it, it's like, I'm like, Oh God, you know, I don't think I even want to go sit, sit through it again to take my kid to it. You know, like I, I, we canceled our tickets. Yeah. So, you know, it was like, I originally tweeted about it right after I saw it and I tweeted about it as soon as I got out. I was like, Oh, it's fine. It's, it's, you know, derivative and you know, it, it, it's manipulative as well. It pulls your heartstrings, you know, solo's a better movie. And I'm not a fan of Solo, but I think you're right. I'm not either, but I, yeah. Solo is a... Yeah. I didn't walk out of... I, I really resent the the way they manipulate... And it's not... Solo did this as well. The way they manipulate the viewer's um, nostalgia for Star Wars by using mu- sound and music cues yes. from the original trilogy. It's um, such a... Yeah, it, it's a... Williams' score has very little original themes and just remixes. Yeah. Kind of. It's not. It's not remixes, but he just repurposes. Yeah. And, previous beats. Yeah, I, I, I really resent. I resent that as a viewer yeah. and as a fan. I, it was cool hearing the Imperial March, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also you know you know what and Abrams has take taken that even to the next level with with his use of the Force Ghosts and stuff like like I thought the you know I thought the Luke and Leia Force Ghosts were I thought the Luke Force Ghost was looked bad like just from a technical point of view. Um, but I also thought it was like, like the performance was weird. It also, yeah. that, and why that, wasn't Kylo Ren standing with Leia at the end? Right. And I also, yeah, I also don't need, I also have just like logic questions. Like, wait, now why did Leia die? What did she do to Kylo it's Ren? It's very unclear. Like she has to do this one thing and whatever it is, it right. will drain her complete because she's so ill or whatever. She's so weak. Yeah, it's weird. It's not set up in this movie that she is ill or weak. No, it's not at all. You know, so, so yeah. So Leia is a hero. She is the last living Skywalker. Yeah, she's a hero. She should die like one. Yeah, yeah. So and and then it's a weird, weirdly disrespectful the way they keep her body laying around with the sheet mm-hmm. over it, knowing you know, just Don't knowing that Carrie face. Fisher is is dead, and it's like. And I understand they're doing it because they want to get to that moment at the end where she can disappear, um, you know, Force Ghost style. Sure, but, but it's a weird, it's a weird way to do it uh, to keep. And there's her. no Ray doesn't interact with her. No, because they had nothing. They had nothing to. They had no. But, you know, they had no footage of her. To been use. training her. No, I know. It's like we're, we're meant to buy into her. Leia is her mentor, even though they've spent all of five but, minutes together on screen over right. three movies. And this is. This is Force Awakens all over again with Chewie uh, being denied the the hug from Force Awakens when Han died. Yeah, well they they tried to they tried to at least give. Chewie, well, what do you mean? Well, no, uh, Ray not having a beat with Leia. Yes, right. Post death. Yeah, is on par with that scene that you're people right. took umbrage with from Force Awakens. Yeah, you're right. But Chewie's reaction is so good. Like fuck, another one. Yeah sucks and i wasn't here for and, and that, i couldn't do anything about it is and you know what it actually speaks to another thing that i kind of resent about modern star wars which is that the way the um uh the 
the non-human characters are they're basically trapped they're almost in the groundhog day of the star wars universe because lucas is um, lucasfilm and disney are going to just keep using those characters forever c-3po chewbacca r2d2 bb8 they get a little bit more to do like in terms of humor yeah but like they should they should be allowed to tap out also at a certain point sure and it's appreciate what they did with c-3po and chewbacca in these movies i thought chewbacca had more to do in this one i I thought he actually yeah he had more to do yeah but you know like the c-3po fake out about oh c-3po is gonna die or he's gonna lose his memory it's like nah he's fine it's con blood yeah oh chewbacca's dead ray killed chewbacca no he's okay actually he's fine uh that i'm fine with because you can't kill chewie that way no i know but it's just it's uh it just feels like a cheat, yeah. You know, um, and then you know Finn and Poe. Finn and Poe, like they don't. What is the Phil? What are, what is Finn's arc in this movie? Does he have an arc? Uh it's to fight back at the people he used to fight with. But isn't that always his arc? I mean, like, is that even well, an arc? I feel like instead of Kelly Marie Tran, they force in this woman who was supposed to be Lando's daughter in one iteration of the story and isn't. Yeah, that yeah. What's that all about? Well, they yeah. don't, and they don't, and they yeah. Kelly Marie Tran was she was given the um the completely sidelined. Yeah. she should have been on that mission with him. Yeah, it doesn't make and, any sense. They didn't, and also, they don't okay. want. I'm sorry. They they don't want. They 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 don't want Finn the Finn Poe, you know, gay relationship to to get any fuel. So they give them both like these sort of semi yes Star Wars love interests, right? Where it's like, you know, they. They, they like girls. They don't actually do anything with girls, but but they like them. You know, that's what that is, right? That's what the um, Carrie Russell non-character is also, right? For so that, I, I wish something more happened with Carrie Russell because she... That character is a waste. There's nothing there. And that planet, again, it's, it's like Force Awakens. There's another planet whose populace I don't really know well enough to care if their world... Yeah, Die. yeah. I was, I was like, wait, I wasn't even sure at first. I was like, wait, which planet is right. this? I guess it's Carrie Russell's planet. I, you know, it's right. Planet Felicity. To, okay. Yeah, and and the cuts to Cloud City and Endor at the end, like the Endor one is just a obvious ripoff of Jedi's beat. It's like, okay, one, you you want to call back to the special edition of Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why weren't they pulling down the statue of Palpatine also? <laughs> yeah. Like and two, it was unclear to me that these star destroyers were I know there's a line of dialogue in it, but it just didn't connect stakes wise that there were star destroyers at every planet. Yeah, I didn't I didn't because, really get that. Yeah. Because so many we're just stationary in rows. These are starships. These are star destroyers that can move. Yeah. And they're just hovering in atmosphere of this crazy lightning planet. Yeah. yeah. And it's the second J.J. Abrams Star Wars movie that does not have a Star War. <laughs> well, uh, if you had to rank the three, how would you rank them? Like in order. I would go Force Last Jedi this. Okay. I think But I Last Jedi above Force some days when I think about 
the dramatic beats that it did that we're not used to doing. Yeah. There's not one scene in Rise of Skywalker that is on par with that throne room fight. No. There's the lightsaber fight. You were saying this earlier. The lightsaber fights in this movie are not really good. No, right? and and they just seem perfunctory and Yeah. It it felt kind of meta to me the battle on Death Star cuz as I'm watching it I'm going, why is this happening? Right. Why are they what is the goal because she's not going to succumb to his want and he ain't going to turn good. So why do they keep having a different version of the same beat? And it was kind of meta for me watching it because she starts to get tired during the fight. And I'm like, yeah, it's like there's nothing else for her to do. It doesn't make sense. They're all kind of running out of steam. Yeah. Right. And Driver doesn't seem to be completely invested no. either with it. And and Leia's sacrificial play, which is very unclear exactly what she did or why she had to do it. And I can't believe that this is in a theatrical movie. That the that the vagueness of that choice. I know it's weird. What she did is to just say her son's name, seemingly to distract him, so that he could be killed. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ray realizes what she's done because Leia. She senses Leia's death. Oh my God! I've just killed her only son that she seemingly helped you kill. Right. And then you bring him back to life. Yeah. I don't – and back to the, the planetary, like these spaceships fighting in atmosphere, I we got a star skirmish in Last Jedi in that opening scene. <laughs> All those run. We never got a big Star War. So instead of getting a big Star War, they give us rebels landing on the surface of a Star Destroyer, fighting on horseback, horses that aren't set up. Where did these animals come from? <laughs> Why do they have them? Well, Why are they appearing to fight on the on this deck for seemingly 50 yards? 100 yards? <laughs> they just deploy them. <laughs> and they don't do anything to service or stop this yeah. battle. And it's, you know? retu- it's Return of the, the... The finale is all Return of the Jedi rehash, right? Because it's like... it's So, like, yeah, Finn's mission to take out the the communications array or whatever is that's Han and Leia's mission in Return of the Jedi they take out the the um, force field generator on the, on Endor uh, uh, the space battle happening up top is you know the space battle happening up top in Return of the Jedi right and uh, it's more lightning bolt fingers like that. it's just and then the more... face off with the Emperor trying to turn yeah. you know turn Rey to the dark side is the face off with the Emperor trying to turn yeah. Luke to the dark side and and even to the point where he's manipulating the space battle up above as well, it turns out. Yes. You know, so. And it's, it's it's just more is not better. Uh, Dozens of rows of Star Destroyers, more bigger lightning bolts out of his fingers. Right. Fighting two lights. So that final battle, okay, when they cut to Emperor, he just keeps saying the same thing in different ways. Yeah, pretty much. The Sith will rise, the Jedi will fall, I will, you will strike me down. Boring as fuck. Yeah. And he's got this faceless room full of these faceless cult loyalists. Yeah, whatever they were. I don't even know. I don't even know what they were. Yeah, like where did they. 
Ray it, killed all of them, though. <laughs> it seems something, a, a shockwave or something, or just you know, air. <laughs> it's just. Was there anything you liked about it, though? Um, I I liked the Han memory scene with Kylo. Yeah, that was and unfortunately I was like, spoiled on that. I knew that was coming. Oh, you did know? Yeah, unfortunately. I wish I, I didn't. didn't know that was coming. Yeah. I mean, I, I was like, why is Harrison Ford at the premiere? I was like, oh, it must just be a legacy thing. Yeah. But no, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I liked it because it's a echo of their last scene together in Force Awakens. It's similar. It's it's the same line of dialogue, only played differently. Yes. Yep. And I, even the holding of the lightsaber and everything. The holding of the lightsaber, I don't know if I'm strong enough to do it. Yeah. And then... When he says, Dad, he means to say, I'm sorry, and I love you. When Han says, I know. Yeah. That call back to Emperor is great. And this movie doesn't do anything to deserve that. Because, again, it kind of it undoes Han's death a bit. Yeah. And it just rained a little like, this is a great beat, but why is it here? Right. Yeah. Other than to, I, I know why I know what its service is. It in, it externalizes the internal struggle in Ben. Right. I get that. Yeah. And at the same time, though, I it just I I just I bumped into it's a great beat, but what does it do ultimately? And I feel sorry for the woman next to me who squeed every time the Knights of Ren came on because they are useless. <laughs> they do nothing for no one. They, yeah, they are were, a stop gap. They big, are boss yeah, fights. Big la- big letdown. Big letdown. Big letdown. Yeah. And and the theater laughed when Ben Solo collapses and dies. Uh, I know. Yeah, that's messed up. Yeah. Because it's G- so bad. It's, Jim it's told so me that too. Yeah. Oh, it's, man. But I don't think they did in my screening. No? I don't think so. I, I also liked race training sequence. I could have watched the whole movie about that. I love Chewie's breakdown. Yeah, I love that little droid repair bot. That little <laughs> Mr. Potato looking dude. Loved yeah. him. Yeah, I loved, and it happened so fast though that you're not you don't get to spend much time with it. The Falcon getting one last cool thing to do when it flips upside down, so that Finn can use the blaster as a top gun. Top oh. side. I like that. Um, the light speed skipping is not really set up at all. I don't understand why that's a thing. Yeah, that's an Abram, That's such an Abrams thing. Right? And they, I know they, they prepped us for it in early press rounds talking about how if you don't you know, set up they, – they, Abrams referenced the line from one of the other Star Wars movies that Han says, if you don't plot a course, you can end up in the middle of a star or whatever. Okay. Right. Yeah. Somehow they, they – not only were they light speed skipping – but they were light speed skipping and landing in atmospheres, like in mm-hmm. s- skylines and things. Yeah, it's, right. It's, that's Abrams, like just like really like disrespecting it's, sci- it's a sci-fi cool idea. concepts. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a cool idea. It's just not really serviceful or set up properly. Yeah, and I, I like. There's two great shots. There's a couple of great shots in the movie. Uh, Ray doing that flip unnecessarily so over the tie fighter cutting it in half and somehow that thing blows up and kylo ren survives but whatever <laughs> him walking out of that wreckage and stopping kind of backlit by the sun on uh the movie's third 
this movie trilogy's third desert planet. <laughs> that's what we needed, another desert planet. <laughs> um, that was a great shot. Yeah. Uh, I really like the shot when uh, Poe's X-Wing comes out of light speed on Exokill, whatever the hell that planet is. Mm-hmm. And it's just like kind of dwarfed by the surrounding Star Destroyers. That was a cool shot. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but I wanted to love Lando's return because I thought we'd get a beat where he acknowledges in some way, shape, or form the loss of Han. Yeah. Or why he didn't respond to the signal that was sent in Last Jedi. Yeah. That's another thing. That's a big gap there, the whole idea of that signal. And and that's a beautiful arc to have set up if they acknowledge, like, yeah. well, maybe he didn't think he was enough. Yeah. And then the guy at the end of the movie is telling everyone that there's always more. Well, I don't think the movie is that interested in actual any actual like emotional like. Can you, you, know. you imagine how beautiful uh, he's never met these people before, right? Right. And they've never met him. You would think that there would be a beat where the bad version is someone says, "I'm sorry about your friend." Yeah. I'm sorry about Han. Yeah. The good version is Chewie. What are you guys doing here in the Falcon? Where's Han? Yeah. You didn't know? Right. You don't know? Yeah. And then, well, that's why I didn't answer the... It's a good thing I didn't answer that sig- signal. Yeah. You know, because if Han couldn't do it, how can I help? Right. There's not right. enough out there. Hope was in surplus then. It's it's where you find it now, and I'm stuck here. Something like that, and then he comes back at the end. But Abrams doesn't have time for something like that. He just wants to... You just shove the, the cameo in there. And the cameo seemed to... That Terrier didn't seem to get enough of his mother boxing from the Justice League script he wrote. Because <laughs> those Wayfinders are mother boxes. Basically. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> well, one last bit. So two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. One last bit. I will believe that there are force ghosts, that we are capable of light speed, and that the Emperor could survive that fucking fall before I will believe that there is a navy of people just hanging out in new pressed uniforms on hundreds of star destroyers chilling under the ice just chilling <laughs> who trained these people who's been feeding yeah. them how are they been keeping fit for where decades. do they bathe? yeah for decades too for decades <laughs> anywho uh go see it uh Okay. I who's not going to be seeing this movie are red shirt this week. <laughs> and we uh, we got to rock it through this bad boy. We take this time to remember those who have laid their lives down for Starfleet. This is the red shirt of the week. Yeah, who is it? Engineer Singh. <laughs> From the TNG episode, Lonely Among Us. Right. Remember that one? It's not a good one. Going way back to like season one, right, I think? We are back to season one, episode seven of TNG, where they're still yelling at each other. (laughs) This weird alien life form kind of – it kind of wreaks havoc on the Enterprise computer. It's the one where Picard stands between the two consoles on the bridge. and Gets electrocuted or something. Launches out of the consoles. What is it? Force lightning kind yes. of launches out, yes. like lighting everyone up. Yes, that's he's, right. 
Singh is an assistant chief engineer back when Enterprise didn't have a standard engineer character, and he was killed by the Beta Renner Cloud. Okay. His energy form. He got electrocuted? or He just got messed up, dude. <laughs> Rip. This belligerent spaceport entity. It entered the, the systems of, of several crew members, including Picard. Yes. Right. And uh, it took out Singh. So um, Singh was, that was just one more body that had to get out of the way for Jordy to finally get his dream job. That's right. And if I'm Jordy, I'm like, see, what did I tell you guys? What <laughs> did I tell you? <laughs> All right. So I guess that'll do it for us. Singh. Yeah, let's know. pour out a cup of Earl Grey. Hot. <laughs> So, uh, okay, like us on, uh, email us at transporter. I don't remember what order I do this in. Uh, how do I do it, Phil? Okay, be sure to... Email us at transporterroom3. <laughs> okay, at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Scott Calora at Phil underscore Pirello. Like us on Facebook and talk to us on Facebook. And, of course, review us on iTunes. We need those reviews heading into Picard... And we'll uh, be there for Picard season one, baby. Don't yeah, you worry. It's coming. So that's we'll be back in the uh, in the new year for Picard season one. I guess we're probably gonna have to grab that short trek too uh, before Picard. I don't know what the dates mm-hmm. are offhand, but uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll be going on a little bit of a break here for the holidays, and then we'll be back, and it'll be all about Picard for for a while. Um, so thank you as always for listening to us all year long. I think this was the. I, I was looking at the numbers. I think this we recorded more episodes this year than we ever have before, which, which is crazy, right? So, um, so you're welcome, guys. Unlike next gen, we get better in season eight. <laughs> oh wait, in our later seasons, we just we just get better. The show only went to season seven. We get better in our later seasons. We we get worse at math, but we get better in, in quantity of episodes. <laughs> Phil, thank you also uh, for podcasting with me all year long as well uh, it's been eight years baby let's uh let's do at least one and a half more okay let's go out on a high note nine and a half seasons okay and a movie <laughs> great okay and have a have a great holiday phil and everyone you listening too, yeah and uh until next time gang we'll see you all on your red island